Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're talking about what an inverted yield curve means for real estate investors. The yield curve is making headlines, and the Wall Street Journal reported this week that the yield curve has not been this inverted since 1981, and the 1981 recession pushed unemployment rates even higher than the 2008 financial crisis. Well, last week, the yield on the 10-year Treasury note dropped to 78 basis points below that of the two-year yield. The 10-year yield has fallen to 3.7% from 4.15%. The question is whether Treasury yields shape the economic outlook or do they reflect it? Well, it seems it's a bit of both. Research of several analysts shows a wide spectrum of opinion on how to interpret the inverted yield curve. A yield curve inversion happens when short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. It's a little bit like an atmospheric inversion. In an atmospheric inversion, the temperature at the ground level is lower than the temperature up in the clouds. It's a phenomenon that can happen, it's just not very often. It's not natural. And just like an atmospheric inversion, interest rates will normalize eventually. One of two things will happen. Long-term rates will rise to match short-term rates, or short-term rates will fall to match long-term rates, and we don't know what the future will bring. One school of thought says that the lower long-term rates reflect a forecast that we're heading into recession. The assumption is that in a recession, the Fed will have little choice but to pivot and lower interest rates to stimulate the economy to help the economy come out of recession. That's one possible interpretation. Another interpretation in the Wall Street Journal this week was that the inversion was the market saying, I think inflation is going to come down. And if inflation does come down, that means the Federal Reserve will be able to drop rates. But that begs the question, what is the most inflationary? Is it the monetary policy from the central bank? Is it fiscal policy from the Treasury? Is it deficit spending by government? What is it that matters more? It seems like American investors are focused on the Fed and operating like the United States is an island onto itself. See, at the same time, we have governments the world over trying to mitigate high energy prices with handouts to subsidize energy bills, and governments at the same time are trying to fight inflation. They can print money, but they can't print food and they can't print oil. For real estate investors, the interest rate outlook is perhaps the most impactful of all costs. A 1% drop in interest rates can be enough to tip the balance in favor of a project and a 1% further rise in interest rates could be enough to push a project off the edge of a cliff into insolvency. The fact is, none of us have a crystal ball. You might have your own hypothesis as to what's going to happen with interest rates, but we don't know it's just a guess. You also don't know what the underwriting guidelines will be in a year from now or two years from now when you're ready to convert from bridge financing into permanent financing. You might find that lenders are looking for higher debt coverage or larger reserves, They might ask you to escrow a year worth of principal and interest payments with the lender in order to enhance the lender's safety. So why would a lender do that? There could be a reason you might not be thinking of. If the lender is loaning money at, say, 6.25%, and let's say that the bank needs to keep 10% of their loans in reserves on deposit with the bank, that might be a requirement of the regulator in a fractional reserve banking system. Let's add up what that year of principal and interest payments would be as a percentage of the loan amount. If the loan was amortized over 20 years, then you would end up putting 9% of the loan amount on deposit with the bank for the life of the loan, or at least until they tell you you can reduce the interest reserve. But if the bank only needs 10% of the loan held on deposit, well, you have now funded 90% of your own loan 
by putting a year worth of payments on deposit with the bank. If there's any construction draws to be made, the lender might also ask you to keep the equity for those construction draws on deposit at the bank as well. Now you've funded more than 100% of your own loan by putting the required reserves on deposit at the bank. The fact is, you don't know what the underwriting rules will be in a year. You don't know what the interest rates will be in a year either. And you don't know what banks will require in terms of collateral to secure a loan. Today, they might accept 70% loan-to-value, and maybe in a year they'll only accept 60% loan-to-value or 50% loan-to-value. The interest rate inversion says one thing, and one thing only to me. It says that things are going to change. How are they going to change? I have no idea, but I do know things are going to change. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.